you know, who we are. If you understand, first of all, who you are, it goes a long way to help you now begin to have some level of assessment and evaluation. Then if this is who I am in God, then what is happening to me? Why am I where I am right, right now? So it's no longer an issue of God. It's an issue of what? You. It's an issue of you. So in other words, to a great extent, you are responsible for what is happening to you where you are now. So it's not God. So why asking God to change you? How are you asking God to do something to you? When you are the one who is orchestrating what is happening to you? Because you are under an hypnotic influence of a demonic intelligence you are not even aware of. Novo has to do with what? Royalty. So I belong to your royalty. I belong to your royalty. And he said, noble seed, seed of the highest quality, seed of a what? So when they use the word here in this old English, it says, "Holy a right seed." That's that, that seed that are, that, are, that, that are, you know, uh, how do I put it? Is a seed that was handpicked among other seeds. They handpicked these ones. They looked at them and saw that these seeds are different and they handpicked them. But the implication that those seeds are actually the seeds that has the highest quality to be planted for it to be able to regenerate. You know, a few times I've always said here that to, to, to prove that you have received the authentic faith. If you say I'm a Christian right now, it will prove that you have received authentic faith. It means that you have been able to transfer that same faith to another person, and that person now is the victim of the gospel. If you have not been able to transfer this your faith to anyone, and the person has not repented and then starts serving God, it means your faith is still questionable. Because the authentic faith, faith has the capacity to reproduce itself in other people's lives. It must be evangelical and produce the same effect. How do you now say, I have faith, when you are not even preached to anybody? You are not shared this faith with anybody? And no one has repented on account of your work with God. You don't just say you are a complete Christian yet until what you have received has been able to be communicated to another person and it produces the same result. Now it means you have not come to age. It means what you have is real. So, Catholics, wake up. Because when you talk about evangelism, many of us are very cold towards it. You have not shared the gospel with anybody. With your colleagues, your friends. You are shy to do, talk about it. You are shy to share your faith. You don't know. It's part of your Christian calling. The missionary Christian life. Every Christian is a missionary. And the extent to that mission activity is that you must bring the gospel to souls. Bishop Bagobiri says that it is a fundamental human right to preach the gospel to every human being you meet. <laughs> that man inspired me so much. He's dead now, you know. He died a few, 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 few years ago, about two or three years ago. He was the same person who said that sacramentalization without aggressive evangelization will lead to de-Christianization. 
that if you're busy sacramentalizing people, oh, baptizing, holy communion, without truly evangelizing them, that Christianity will fall. We must go back to the evangelical dimension. Amen. Amen. So God has planted you a noble seed. You are a noble seed. Say I'm noble. I am noble. Are you convinced about it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. This is not religious talk. You must have it as part of your mentality. I live in a realm of nobility. In the affairs of life, see yourself from the noble standpoint of view. Don't ever see yourself as a beggarly, downtrodden person. Your mentality has a lot to offer in your Christian journey. Sometimes even for God to answer your prayer, he looks at your mind. Your mind is actually your real point of expression. No one in the Bible says, guard your mind with all diligence, for out of it issues the things of life. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? So the devil knows, and that's why he invests so much in, you know, in dealing with the products in your mind through demonic intelligence. He dislodges your mind and brings you to operate at a lowest cadre. As, as, as long as your mind is low, even if they lift you up, you will still come back. They say you can go to the bush and pick a, pick a man out of the bush. Eh? But you cannot, you cannot uh, take the bush that is in his mind. You see? So you must see yourself as a noble person. I'm noble. I'm born of God. I'm born from the realms of nobility. I belong to a family that is noble. Not noble in the sense of money. That is deception. Not in the sense of uh, plenty assets. No. I belong to a family that has an eternal dimension. I live with a family. I belong to a family that... My, my, my existence is not just ordinary physical existence. I'm backed up by an energy that comes from the realm of the other life. That's where nobility comes from. You are not ordinary. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. When he came and speak to people, he said what? He said, I'm from above. You are from below. How did he come from below? I mean from above. He was born in Bethlehem like every other person. I was born in Kogi State. We were born somewhere maybe in uh, Ananambra State. But when you gain ascendancy in this realm, you don't say I'm born from Manabrasis any longer. I'm born from above. Because the second betting is what determines the real betting in your life. They have the primary betting and the secondary betting. Until a man is born again, he can see the kingdom. It is the second betting that brings you to the kingdom, and that's the real bet. The first betting is localized. The second betting is not localized. It's the is the superior betting. The second betting is what tells you your, who you are in God. The first betting tells you who you are in man. The first betting has to do with humanity. The second betting has to do with what? Divinity. Humanity and divinity, which one is highest? You live from there to pray here. You don't live from here to pray there. That is a Christian missionary lifestyle. You must understand this structure. It must be part of your existence. You must see yourself that way. Until the day I began to see myself from that, that realm, 
I couldn't have been who I am today. If I was to see myself from where I was better the first time, uh, I would fold myself and walk out to this place. But the moment I began to look at the other file of my betting, on the other side, life took a new vista. I started seeing life from a different point of view. I know I belong to another family. Even though I have an earthly family, I have my heavenly family. And I saw that my, when I juxtapose my earthly family with my heavenly family, they are not compared at all. And I started went on, the Holy Ghost said, Hey, Dean, I want to convince you that your first, your first betting or your first, your earthly family is the, your airport where you landed. You travel from somewhere. So you landed in a place and you were better there. Nobody lands at the airport and remains there and says, That's my home. It means you are confused. Maybe from there they will now have to get a, an ambulance to take you to a special hospital where they will help you to ask you questions, boy, where are you coming from? Hmm? Where are you heading to? You tell them, no, I'm leaving this airport. My apartment is not that, that wrong way. They will now know that something has gone wrong with you. So uh, we belong to a new family. This is a family that is higher than the earthly family. But you know very well that all of us are victims of loving so much our earthly family. And Jesus said, whoever loves father, mother, Brother and sister, more than me, is not worthy of the kingdom. You see, there's so much love for our earthly family, but very small love for our heavenly family. And in baptism, we're baptized into the heavenly family. So you have to understand yourself from that point of view. That's why at baptism, they give you a new name. That's why they give you a new name. And you must answer a name that reflects our what? Heavenly family. They vet your name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Yes. You must start valuing your heavenly family. You must do everything to associate with your, earthly, your heavenly family in all ramifications. The earthly realm may abandon you, but you are not alone. Get that right. God is a master. We are just two. Look at the army here. We are finished. And Elisha said what? We are not alone. Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. Sometimes it's good for you to come to a point where you can create trouble. Eh? So that men will fight you and it provoke your heavenly family to fight for you. And the guy said, Master, it's like you are not understand what I'm talking about. There are millions of soldiers out there. He said, Who are those who are for us? Nobody's here. Father opened his eyes and he saw horses on, on fire, chariots on fire, many who covered the entire you know, mountain. And then and then, he was that who now stepped up and said, Hey, come. You are welcome. <laughs> now he has seen the other side. May God lead you to see the other side. Amen. That your faith may come strong. Say, I'm not alone. Say, I'm internally loaded. Say, I'm externally guarded. That must be your consciousness. Always. That must be your consciousness. Always. 
is because many Christians lack this reality. That is why they suffer a lot. They feel that God is in heaven and he must be answering all the prayers. Be answering all their prayers. So they cry out to God all the time. God answer my prayer. God bless me. God give me this. God give me this. If you don't give them, they say, oh God, fight for me. No. Say, so I belong to the noble family. I belong to the noble family. So you must see yourself that way. And because you belong to a noble family, you don't dress anyhow. You, there's an ethical uh, dressing code for the noble family. Three of us. I think something happened a few, few, few weeks ago about the royalty in, in, in England. Eh? I don't know whether you are always in touch with the news. Something happened and then it's like the queen did something to somebody. Who can help, who can help me remind me of what happened again? Mm-hmm. 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 You see, divest of all, all his rank. You see, he was derobed, more or less. You can never see the queen dressed on jean, eh? on jean and polo and with face cap. Can you ever see her one that way? No matter how civilization has gone. She's compared to dress the way she's dressing because of what? Royalty. <laughs> so let us take it far. So Christians, who just dress anyhow? I'm free. I want to express myself. Uh, you have some problem. You have not understood who you are yet. You don't dress anyhow. You dress to always recognize the family you belong to. And it affects every other thing you do. Every other thing. There are things you don't say. Not because you don't have the right to say them. But because you represent the family, there are things you don't say. I shared with you a story of uh, the, uh, the, 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 the king of uh, France many years ago when it was war. And then, um, I shared that with you before, right? Uh-huh. Princess as a king. And so you can't teach him a different language. And you know, because of that, they could not kill him. Because they say if you kill him, it means he's still innocent. And their blood, his blood will be upon their head. That's how the boy survived. Do you not see why Christians who don't see just talk anything? Ah, I'm dying, no. Hmm. Ah, hmm. my life is finished. These are vulgar language in the spirit. You speak from, the Bible says, every good man speaks from the resources of his good heart. Every evil man speaks from the evil resources of his heart. So if Christ is in you and you are a child of God, filled with the spirit of God, why do you say things? Why do you speak the language of the people of the world? Why do you see yourself as that cheap human being that could be made a victim of every nonsense that happens in the world? You are rubbishing the investment of Jesus. He came and died for you. And, and he gave you a life. And you think that that life is not worth to live for. No, 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 no. So I'm of, I'm of royalty. I'm of royalty. 
Say it again. Then he now says, the seed of the highest quality. <laughs> this is one that gets me intoxicated all the time. I have planted you on this earth. A royal person and also the seed of the highest quality. So among all the seeds of human beings roaming the earth, we belong to the class that has the what? The highest quality. You know, when you are planting maize and you plant some and you say, this one is the highest quality. It means that this one is different from others. Others, pests can you know, eat them up. Others, maybe if a flood comes and is sweeping the, the roots, the roots are not strong, but these ones, the roots go deeper. These ones are pest-resistant uh, seed. These ones are drought-resistant uh, seed. It means there's something about that seed that has some power that others don't have. God is saying he has planted you. He said it. Did God say it? Yes. Did God say it? Yes. He said, then, why have you turned, you turned onto what? A degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me. Why have you turned? You turned yourself. He planted it that way. You turned yourself. Many turned themselves because they didn't know they were victims of what? Demonic intelligence. So you are in a journey of eh? you are a journey of coming back to who God said you are. As a man thinks, you cannot become what you are not thinking. If you see yourself as a, as a degenerate, you always produce things that are negative. You must change your thinking. You must begin to see yourself. Create a picture of who you are in God. Celebrate it. See it all the time. All the time. It is saying that what you perceive yourself to, to be in your mind is what you will grow into. You are turning the course of your life in every area. If you don't see yourself as a healthy person, but every time you are conscious of your sickness, all the time you will be sick. Everything starts in your mind. <laughs> you be like, see, the way I'm feeling myself now. You be like, say, cancer is coming, you know? <laughs> they say, cancer. This is how it starts. No! That's how it starts. They say that if the thing happens to your mind, as you have even accommodated that let it not be cancer, but any other thing, you will make sure that something enters there. Then eventually you went to the hospital after test, they say, hmm, we have seen a growth, but we don't understand it. You are a seed of the highest quality. Was it not Jesus who said, those who believe in me, even if they take any deadly thing, hey, 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 wait, wait. Did Christ say it or did he imply it? Please put it on the, on the distance for us. If you, any deadly, any, say any. any. He said he shall not by any means. It shall not. So, me, when I reflect on such things, I ask myself, what was in the mind of Jesus about those who believe in him when he was saying this with such an audacious uh, you know, manner? It means, there, it means there are things he has put in place for him to make such declarations. Even if they take any deadly thing, it shall not by any means I, 
it shall not by any, if it comes solid, if it comes liquid, if it comes cold, if it comes hot, it comes to their head, or to their foot, or to their hands, whatever, if by any means, it shall, the end is what? Hot. It shall not by any means, what? Hot them. What was going on in his mind? What did he put in place for me to go and say, hmm, no robber can cross this gate. I tell you, any criminal that crosses this gate is a finished criminal. And I'll be saying with so much energy and confidence, for me to say it, it means that things back me up. Praise the Lord. For me to have said it, it means there are things I know. I've equipped myself enough to confront anything that comes. I can't just come and say such kind of language without a backup. So for Christ to have said it, it means there was something he was saying and, and put a place in the spirit for him to have said it. And that's to give credence of what? Of the type of seed that I say, I planted you a noble seed and a seed of the highest quality. You cannot be pregnant. Nothing can ever bring you down. You can, be, you can exist in drought. When pests come and pests around you, pestilence and all forms of diseases come, there is something that put in you by virtue of your union with me that makes you to have the capacity to withstand the invasion of all forms of deadly realities. Shout to big amen. Amen. But the next thing is, can you believe it? Can you be so convinced about it? And this time shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It shall not hurt them. I know other ones can be, you know, who can... Uh, <laughs> for me, the highest, the strongest among all this here is what? This one I'm mentioning now. What did he put in us? Others can take it to hurt them. But you, because you belong to him, he said to not hurt you. What did he put in you? Have you seen what he put in you? Or maybe it was a slip of tongue, eh? No, <laughs> maybe. Where is this? He just said it to encourage us, you know. It means there's something about this. Personally, that's how I reflect. That's how I reflect. Does that, you know, help us understand that Jeremiah 20, 2.20, I planted you what? The seed of the highest quality. So I'm planted the seed of the highest quality. Tell your neighbor, I have value, I have value, I have value, I have value. I have value. Say, I'm, I have weight, I have weight. You have to understand this. See yourself that way and package yourself that way always. I'm too important because God has invested something. In me, he says, the Almighty has done great things in me. So it means also that Jesus has done great things in us. And we're able to articulate that last year and the beginning of this year, that that investment is that we're now partakers of his nature, partakers of his life, partakers of his spirit. This is the highest substance of divinity which he has put in us. Emmanuel, God is with us. John said, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. 
Peter said, what I have, I will give you. He engaged that substance. You, how are you seeing yourself? This is the essence of Christianity. Not just going to church and coming back, receive communion and be with your hand. You must come to maturity where this becomes your consciousness. And if you continue to develop and grow in this dimension, it will affect every other aspect of your life. Having established this, Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1, now says, Have them be quickened to life. Have them be quickened. Because the investment of God in your life is what quickens you to come alive. So, in the red of heaven, when heaven begins to scan the earth, they can capture you. You've been found. You were lost before. But the moment you receive God in your life and Christ invested himself in you, you were found by divinity. You were found by divinity. And having been found by divinity, God now invested himself in you. Having invested in you, you cannot, be, you cannot receive God's investment and still be dead. No. You will come alive. So that's a Christian who has come alive in God. Paul said, I'm alive unto God. You have come alive unto God. On the God side, you have come alive. So if God is counting his people, he will count you. He knows where you live. He knows the name of your street, where you live. He can count on you. He can embark on you. He can trust you for kingdom assignments. That's how to be relevant in God. And when this is established in your life, he changes everything. At that level, you don't ask God for promotion in your career. You don't ask God to bless you. Because that investment is what determines your blessing in life. Because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. The devil does not want you to grow into this consciousness. So he will do everything to stop you, to be a nephews, a power in the spirit who is devoid of this reality. And so every day you are looking for deliverance. Every day you are going for, pray for me again, pray for me again. When are you going to start speaking like Peter? What I have, I will use. God's investment in my life cannot be a waste. I know who I am. I know what is inside of me. The Almighty has done great things in me. When Mary saw it, she began to speak. Not talking to God, but she began to speak mysteries. The Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is His name. His mercy is from age to age upon those who fear Him. He puts forth his arm in strength and scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Who is the proud? Who is the proud person here? He's the devil. Psalm 2 says what? Why do the nations rage against the Lord and his anointed? The man who lives in heaven laughs at them. So Mary has said he has scattered the proud and lifts up the lonely. He feeds the starving with good things. Sends the rich away empty. She was speaking from the what? The treasury of what she has conceived in her spirit. This is how we live the Christian life. In the dimension of the New Testament. So I can be relevant to God and fulfill destiny in this realm of life. There's too much teaching that has made the devil appear as if he's in charge. Christians are, are so afraid of themselves. 
so much inferiority complex, so much fear, intimidation, ignorance. And so every day, the one bird will fly. You are not even sure whether it's a witch. You say the witch. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. And Christians think that that's life. You see cockroach. Holy Ghost fire. What get go? Hey, Holy Ghost fire. They have come again. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. May fire fire eye. Christians says chapter two again. So as we give a song, what we can do with spirit. Which specific ministry of the Holy Spirit quickened you? Huh? Ah, you see? <laughs> you have to learn to understand Romans 8 11. If the spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead is what? Dwells in you. See, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave will give life to a mortal body. And the Bible says that whoever is joined to Christ is one and the same spirit with him. You have that spirit inside of you. God's investment is established in your life already. Whether you like it or not, if you are a weak Christian, you are a strong Christian, that investment has been made on you. You are the one degenerating. Nothing more. Because if you truly connect back to what have been investing in your life, your life will brighten up. Don't want Isaiah says, arise now and shine. For your light has come. Where? Inside you. And you say the glory of God is what? Upon you. Say, my light has come. Say, God has invested in me. Say, I'll be responsible. For say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Don't mind what the world is doing. Don't mind all the temptations. Don't mind all the buffeting of the enemy making your life look miserable. It's part of the training. When your appointed time comes, you'll be shocked. The Bible says God will repay all disobedience. So he has quickened us. He has quickened us. He has quickened us to life now. He quickened us from somewhere. And it's good that you know where you're coming from. It will help you to understand the mercy of God upon your life. Ephesians 2. And you, he has what? Quickened. Why? Who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead. So as far as the heaven was concerned, nobody knew you in heaven. You are not part of God's agenda. You were lost in this world. As one man says, haranguing everywhere. But God quickened you to life. Okay, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. Wherein, in the time past, you walked according to the course of this world. So when you were dead, you were fashioned into a curse that wronged this world. Many are still there, but grace located you. Many are still you know, fashioned in that curse. I say that that curse is like a pattern. A pattern... It's like a pattern or a system. A pattern or a system. Or what again? Culture. Mentality. So there's a pattern, there's a system, there's a culture, there's a mentality that runs this earth system. Okay? 
and the intelligence that originates these patterns, these systems, this culture, this mentality is not of God. And Paul continues to say, according to what they according to the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So it is a prince that is responsible for this pattern, this culture, this system. It's called what? The prince of the power of the air. You know, the prince or the power of the air. That prince is not a good prince, so it's a bad prince. Okay? They are part of the fallen angels, fallen cherubims of heaven, who are very powerful, intelligent spirits. And so now they are engaging their giftedness to cause perversity and corruption of the highest order. Okay? Very intelligent spirits. And then, what does he do? According to the power, or according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So through this pattern, through the system, through the culture, through the mentality that has affected our politics, our entertainment, our what again? Business. Education, if you are, maybe religion. He has been able to factor these patterns into these systems to bring about, finally, what? Disobedience. So if you don't have the Spirit of God, you will see yourself doing things in these realms and you think you are working for God. So the Holy Spirit has to help you to understand that these systems that are working here, they are working for a higher prince, called the prince of the power of the air. At the end of it, he wants to bring disobedience. And wherever there is disobedience, there is sin, are we? And when there is sin, then death has its power. There are ways that seem right unto someone in politics, in entertainment, in business, in education, in religion. But the end of it is what? Death. It means this prince is responsible. That's why John says, test every spirit. Very important. So there are things we have in our politics that needs to be fished out. There are things in our entertainment industry we feel we are being entertained. But at the end of it all, this prince is actualizing his own system. And you need to understand what is the mission of this prince. He has come to kill, to see, and to destroy. They are part of the princes that work in the government of, of Satan, Lucifer himself. Paul said, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting what? Principalities. Powers. Spiritual. Rulers of darkness, rulers of darkness, and then what? Spiritual hosts, hosts of wickedness. So these prince, they are the highest cadre of demonic principles, principalities. 
and we say that principalities means what? Princes without a territory. They've been cast out from heaven, and the earth was not given to them. So they hover around. They have no legality of existence on this realm. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like what? Lightning. So they are on earth here, engaging men against themselves. They themselves don't have the legal right to operate on this earth. The Bible says the heavens belong to the Lord and the earth he has given to men. Not to spirits. Even Jesus himself to come and operate on earth here, what happened? He had to even seek permission to be hosted by a woman and be given flesh. If not, he had, if he had appeared here on his own, he would be existing on this realm illegally. And by so doing, whatever mission he wants to accomplish on earth here will be illegal. So that's why he took flesh. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Just as the children share in flesh and blood, himself shared the same, that through his death he would destroy the one that has the power of death. Praise the Lord. Are we together here? So there are principalities that are are existing, but they have no legality to exist on earth here. And I want to just explain to you how these principalities, powers, thrones of darkness are engaging this pattern, this system, this culture, this mentality in these areas of life to achieve an aim of what? Destruction and death. And the beginning of death is separation from God. It begins on earth here. You live your life here without God. Eventually you will die. And when you die, because you never related with God, you never live for God, you are now living in eternity without God. That is the real death. That's the ultimate death. Never to see God again. And the devil is working every day to achieve this. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for who he will devour and engage into this system to bring about this reality. And every Christian must understand that. He must live above the just, the normal, casual Christian life and come into this dimension and live by the Spirit. The Bible says, as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. If you're not led by the Spirit, you make mistakes. You presume a lot. And you should not be ignorant of what the devil is doing. Now, we explain that these principalities, what is their work? They are superior beings. They are part of the angels that God created who has fallen. Okay? They are superior beings. They are highly intelligent. They don't come down on the earth realm. They hang in the atmosphere. They operate from there. They are the ones who engineer intelligence that creates civilizations. When the Bible says, do not be that whoever is, um, uh, how did James say it? Whoever is a friend of the world is an enmity with God. Eh? That's what he said, right? Friendship with the world is enmity with God. As if the world was not created by God. Yes. The physical earth structure was created by God, but the civilization that runs the earth system right now is not of God. It's of this intelligence. And men have become victims of this reality, and many are on that path. That's like I said, the way to live to life, many are on that path. But the way that leads to life, only very few. It's a narrow road, but the right road is a very wide road. 
He's not happy about it. That's to tell you that this, this system, they are working hard every day. One man said, how can Jesus just be here? After all, he's God, he's everything. After all, he's... And they work for the principalities. Their work is to engineer civilizations. Civilizations in different areas. Some are, you know, they create the intelligence that run politics. They create rationalism, mental realities that comes to support politics, support entertainment, business, even education, and even religion. How do they do this? When they create that type of civilization, they cannot come on earth and they know it well that they have no legality here. When they have created a package, they want to, they want to find expression in the earth realm. What do they do? They transfer it to powers. These are not cadre of demonic operations. They are lesser. The powers are the ones who now come. They come to somewhere like Abuja here. They want to make sure that whatever they have created will exist in Abuja. That's why you see, every city you go to, don't behave the same. If you come to Abuja, the way people act in Abuja is different from the people who act in Oweri. Go to Lagos, the same thing. Go to Oweri, the same thing. We are all Nigerians. See mixed up, but the behavioral pattern differs. There are some territories where you come to. You will discover some villages or some yeah, some villages or some towns. You will discover that what happens there is that most of their women they marry, but they don't last in their marriage. It's a pattern in that area. There are places you come to, only the women feed the men in that place. True of us. In the morning, the men will start drinking. It is the women who go to farm and cultivate and bring food and feed the men at home. It's a pattern. Sometimes we say it's a culture. It's not a culture. The culture is a victim of the pattern. There are places you go to. Any man who is 40 years and has made money will die. But as long as you are poor, you will live long. You find those patterns all over. They are, these are highly intelligence that have been created by these principalities and they have handed over to powers. Now, what does power do? When they come to a territory, for instance, they come to Abuja here now, they want to achieve an aim that anybody that comes to Abuja, you will make money, but you will still be useless. There was a man who was confessing, and unfortunately, many Christians are not aware of it. God is taking us deeper to understand some of this. So that when we are praying, we have a fair idea of what may orchestrate what is happening. We can now pray right. James said, you pray and don't get the answer to your prayer because you pray and miss. Personally, myself, it has helped me a lot in handling issues. This is a case I'm handling right now. It's a personal problem. I've been worried about it. Few days ago, the Lord spiritually spoke to me and said, This is the spiritual, the spirit of destruction. It empowers your prayer. So now what does power do? Because they lack legality. Say legality. legality. Yes. They lack legality to come and enforce it on the earth realm. What do they do? They come to Abuja, they begin to seek for what they call the gifted people. 
men hide their treasures in banks, whether gold or money, right? God does not hide his treasures anywhere except in human beings. God may be planning that in the next 30 years, 40 years, he wants something strange to show up in life. He will come and hide it in the life of this little girl. The mother will even give birth to this child. She doesn't know there's something this girl is carrying. She will grow to be a mother and then she will transfer it to another child again. It will be running in the line of the family of this girl until the time God wants it to show up. Why did they waste so much pages of the scripture in the Gospel of Matthew writing the names of uh, Abraham, the father of this, uh, the father of this, uh, uh, this, 14th generation, second, 14th generation, third, and at the end, who showed up? He started with Abraham. That's where he started running. So they had to bring in the names of all the people who participated in keeping that treasure, knowingly or unknowingly. Now, they had to prove to us that these are the men who kept that heritage about Christ. There are other divine heritages running the earth system that men don't see. The most people know you are part of it. My mother, did you ever know that she's going to give birth to a man who will call the priest? No. She do not even know. It, I, it took the Holy Spirit to come and speak to me and tell me, you are meant to be a priest. I fought it for many years. Until he told me, he said, if you don't become a priest, you'll be frustrated because this is what you're being fashioned to become. I have no option that to accept. As you assisted, there are things you are carrying you don't even know. Because you're not growing the spirit. You think you're just a male human being. I don't know, you just say I'm a man. <laughs> I just manage, you know. You grow, you will not know it. All the people that played their part in scripture were men and women who grew. John the Baptist grew. Samuel grew. Jesus grew. If you don't grow, you will not discover who you are. I will not function according to the agenda of God. So everybody is gifted in different areas. You are a deposit of something that will bless this world. That's why we say the Bible says children are blessings from the Lord. So if God wants to answer a prayer in one generation, it's okay. Oh yeah. You go. He puts the gift inside of you. You don't say, oh yeah, I think for one blessing, search for it. We are the ones to raise our children to grow and manifest what they carry. But unfortunately, the first thing that giving birth is just, I don't bond, wait till you born. I bump the king. Eh? Boy or girl. There's something about her that I found out. So, the rebirthing is after the physical betting, you have to also bet that child in the spirit. And the, as a mother, as a father, you should know. Look at Isaac when he was about to die in, 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 in Egypt. What happened? He started calling his sons and started mentioning them. He said, Judah, you shall be your rod, shall be great, and your brothers will serve you. He was talking about them in the spirit. He hacked into their files and was the person. Who was the person? He said, You shall be unstable as water. Reuben, he said, Because of your attitude in the spirit. You shall be unstable as water. How can a father tell his son that? And truly he was unstable. Are we together here? Are you getting understanding here? So you must know who you are. You must know who you are. 
So if your parents fail to tell you who you are, then grow. Met <laughs> Mary Madeline. Everybody saw her as a harlot, professional harlot. Christ went to the fire and checked. She was to be a prophet. And seven demons sit on her and say, You'll never be a prophet. You will never be a prophet. He cast out the seven demons. And the woman changed. Came weeping. And used her hair to rub the foot of Jesus. And, you know, applied oil. She became the first person among all the disciples and apostles to come and talk about the Messiah has risen. Others were busy running away and getting despondent. She was still going to the grave to go and spice up the body of Christ and apply oil. True love for God was what reignited again. Now the harlot has become what? A prophetess. So what the demons do, this power does, is that they go around and pick those with heavy gifts. Because each person is supposed to manifest that gift and be a blessing to their territory. So what they do is that they now go and pervert those with those gifts. Prophetic gifts, gifts of inspiration, gifts of whatever that has a big office. So what they do is... Then I say, okay, this one, ah, uh, we have seen that she has prophetic gifts. God will use this one to change the atmosphere of this territory. The best thing to do now is that we will attack her. What will they do? First of all, they will make their parents non-challenged towards this, this child. Listen now, listen. They will make their parents very careless with seeing this child with the right information that will make her grow to who she is in God. So this child will be growing. Parents have no time for prayer. No time for the word of God. They are busy chasing money. And the devil will start using things around to feed this girl. Because just like that, that uh, sorcerer wanted to corrupt that boy. He wants to make sure he corrupts this girl. Bad friends will start coming. And be teaching her negative things. And as they are investing those negative things, she's growing. Her mind every day is changing, 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 until they corrupt her and corrupt her gift. So she grows to be a wide person. And in that, as she works strong in that diversity, a time will come, she will knock a resonance in her soul and say, where is God? There is no God. I can live the life I want. That is blunt and rebellious. She will even say, I prefer evil than good. Because of the heavy influence of that demonic spirit. But they do it gradually, gradually, through bad friends. So what is happening in school today, where children are being insisted into court and all those things, you would think it's normal. It is this intelligence that is at work. People that should be a blessing to this generation are being harnessed and taken away. And we are saying, yes, destroy them. We're not even aware that we're under a siege already. You see a woman, you have a son, you have a daughter, he's growing, he's becoming wild, you don't care. Hey, Victor, what is changing you? I didn't give birth to you like this. In secondary school, he comes back, he's smoking, you see him, he's smelling uh, in Jahem. He said, Victor, what has happened to you? Mommy, if you mess up, I kill you. Okay, mommy, I won't talk again. Now, your ego will make you, you won't say anything because how can you be saying, my son is smoking uh, in Jahem? You start praying secretly. The devil will be walking openly. You are praying secretly. The devil will be walking open, openly. Until the boy goes off. 
when he has not disgraced you, you now start seeking for help. But that time, the corruption has taken deep in the fabrics of the person's heart. I tell you before, when iniquity comes in before divinity, it takes special grace for divinity to take over again. Parents, invest in your children's life. Give them attention. Monitor them. Ask God to open your eyes to see what the enemy is doing in the life of your children. You get better physically and spiritually, they will come and take them and start using them and training them to become instruments of destruction tomorrow because you lack the demonic intelligence. But by the grace of God, as you are gaining this understanding, you will grow to see what you should be doing to help your situation right now, your family and your children in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So they pick up the gifted ones and they start corrupting them. Start corrupting them. And so they grow corrupted. Now, when they start, when they get corrupted, they would start begin, they begin to seek for pleasure in wickedness. The devils start engaging their appetite, their urges, their ambition in life. Everything will carry negative impact. The person wants to make money, but the devil tell him, must you make money the right way? You can do it through human ritual. You can do it through all these things happening today where boys are eating shit. Eh? To make money, kill somebody. He put that in their, in their, in their hearts. And then when the person gets involved with that, he gives the devil right now to take hold of that person. And so the devil now installs this intelligence that the principalities have what finally you know, uh, uh, cooked up. They, the person now, they give the person down. Because by his giftedness, he has legality on Ephraim here. So he can now, on account of his legality, transfer that intelligence on the world here, and it will be endorsed because he has the legal rights. So that's why you see the different civilizations in fashion, in music, in entertainment, in business. It comes up and people buy into it without knowing where it comes from. And because this intelligence is backed up by a spirit, and is intelligence in the spirit, it has energy in it. One fashion will come from nowhere. Everybody just, ah, right there, you know. Where is he raining from? You don't know. You just know. And immediately you key into that intelligence. The energy that goes with it will affect you. And that's how they take over a territory and create civilization. They create patterns. They create systems. They create culture and mentality that run the minds of people. Now, you are carrying this and you come to church. They say, oh yeah, begin to bind all the evil spirits that are stopping us from getting money for food. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind all the evil spirits. And the guy who turn away is just smoking his uh, sugar and take his coffee and say, yes, you are binding me with your, my system inside of you. Is it possible? Is it possible? You are operating his uh, pattern and you are binding him. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes, Father. And the homes. We grew up in villages, you know, and we went to school, primary school, we came back and uh, mm -hmm. learned how to sweep. We listened to is it those things and the moonlight, mm -hmm. and we got something. Some wisdom. Nowadays, those guys are liabilities. If you don't say them, take that and put it, they wouldn't take it. We are creating liabilities at morning. The values that one of my nieces went to somebody's school and I received a rosary and burnt. You see? She about uh, four years. She burnt she she it. They burned the rosary and was somebody's school. You see? So I went and confronted the proprietor. She four said, years old, burning rosary. You get a rosary, they go and burn it. So they got the teacher, he said, That's the teacher. They had a little girl of four years, 10 lives. I said, That's the teacher that burned my rosary. 
So this issue has not overhyped the education sector. We can this issue of creating liabilities. Big man. Parents are busy making money and they are proud, say, I'm paying 200,000 naira a term for my son in this school. You can see how, you can see how, 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 how brainwashed they brandish their foolishness. Their pride is the school, not what the child is, is getting. You want to tell your friends, all my children are in Leala Jesus College. <laughs> then, if your own children are in government secondary school, go, sir. Huh? No, go, sir, road, eh? uh -huh. You, they subdue them. That's why you have to understand, as people who are evangelizers, who are, who are into pastoral ministry, we should be aware that when we see people who are deep rooted in some vices, it's a sign that that person is a gifted person. The devil does not invest in, in useless people. All these bad guys are seen are actually kingdom instruments. Look at Paul. Did you ever know that Paul was supposed to be the one to carry the gospel to the Gentile nation? But the devil saw his sister and invested corrupt religion in him. And he was killing Christians. But when the time came, Christ told say from today, I change the course of your mission. And just as if they just turned him this way, with the same zeal, he continued again. There <laughs> was a moving train. Don't stop him. Just change the course and he will continue. You see the point? Peter was busy catching fish. He was busy catching fish and he said the profession. It was okay for him. Christ said, hey, the file in heaven says you are the head of the church. So you are part of the agenda of God. You were born since this has been following your lineage until now. You are to be my vicar after I have gone. That's why even as Peter denied Christ three times, the devil made him to deny Christ three times. Jesus still went back because he can't change him. He is the one with the mandate. Peter, do you love me? He still worked on him. The problem was not what he's carrying. The problem was that his brain has been made what? A victim of demonic what? Intelligence. Peter said, I love you. I love you. He said, feed my sheep. That's what God entrusted to you. Stop catching fish, catch men. You were supposed to be catching men, but the devil told you to be catching fish. <laughs> you must understand this. That energy he was still using to catch fish. The guy began to... The first day he caught 3,000 men. You don't know. That passion you have for something. Listen, listen to me. There's a passion you have now. That has made a victim in one area of life or the other. That passion is not meant for that thing. It's meant for something in God, but you don't know yet. Fetch yourself now. There's something that you, you, you are ready to kill to get it. It gives you joy to be in it. Hey, every time you are, you are driven, your urges, your passion, your, your drives, your dreams, your ambition is there. That energy is not meant for that thing. This, that intelligence has change your mind and say, hey, instead of loving that God, oh yeah, continue here. It's called witchcraft. They have bent you. Are we together here? Yes. James and John, sons of thunder. They thought that their life was to be catching fish and be eating and be selling. They had a very big fishing industry. So say, hey, follow me. You know, see, you know, Christ didn't preach to them. He commanded them. Because the devil has made a mess of human beings. Now, you may be asking, how do you know that uh, this is... 
I was studying scriptures and I stumbled on where Christ, the, the, the Bible says, the night before he called the twelve, he prayed all night. Now, that instructed me. I said, all night he prayed. That means from 8 p.m., eh, he prayed till 6 p.m. About two things. I said, Holy Spirit, help me. What was he asking God? Now, after all night, look at the crops of man beings in Twitter, the one that acts before thinking. James, sons on thunder, ruled by anger. If you mess up, they, they are living in carrying fire. They can call thunder on you. Is it Matthew, task collector? A betrayer of his own people. Judas, a criminal. Change them now. You tell us, you don't even know where he's coming from and where he's heading to. You didn't see other guys, intelligent guys, guys who are good in other areas that you have called. The Holy Spirit said that night, when he was praying, God took him to show him the file of the people who should man this affair. That their coming on earth was not just ordinary. They were meant to carry out an assignment. So that night, he had to engage eternity to secure the ability to command them to their destiny. So when he prayed all night, he had commanded, he had meant to secure command to call them by the power of God into their destiny. Peter, follow me. John, come. That was the eternity calling them into their destiny. And did you argue? They left everything. As you are here, may God command you from your eternity into your destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. When it happens, don't say no. (laughs) I was uh, resisting it. It took me time before I accepted it. I don't know me as your most great priest or even sister. No, that's just one aspect. There are other aspects. God will call you. There are many people who are saints today who are not priests and religious. But they discover their calling. And they came to it and did it. It's a magnet of Hungary. Is she a reverend sister? No. Her husband died. In the pain of that reality, she discovered something that God has called her to be the person who brings succor to the poor. That thing ate her up. She started reaching out to the poor. She would spend her money buying food, go and cook and go to the streets and be feeding people. The thing kept growing and growing and growing until it became a huge ministry. Her destiny was to go and console the poor whom the world has rejected. And that's how she found her own destiny from the rank of God. Who are you today? Who are you? And so that's why if we understand what the enemy does, then we become, become more careful with what we do. So when they now size up the gifted ones, they corrupt them. They use them to be installing all these things that is that seen in the world today. Nothing happens. Somebody just stand up and begin to brandish something. Before you know, everybody will get in. Now, let me come in here and be more specific. In the entertainment industry is a major hub for the operations of the demons responsible for the youths. Are we together here? Yes. I'll enjoy your life, but I'll teach you what is behind it. Hmm? Yes. They, we call them talents, eh? We call them talents and um, stars or whatever. We call them celebrities and all that. It's good. They're all nice, okay? But I want you to understand that anything you see them, what they do, they do that by inspiration. They are spirit that inspires their lifestyle. The clothes they wear. The moves they make. Even the dancing steps. There's one that is training now. They call Zazu, eh? You know Zazu, right? Just sit down and study that guy and ask yourself. You don't know. 
from nowhere. And as you respond to that dancing style, there's an energy that's releasing your soul. You won't know. All of a sudden, your zeal for prayer will drop. You used to pray very well, though. But having allowed that thing to pass through you, you lose your zeal for prayer. Then, you have been a calm person. No, from nowhere, you start having anger. You will notice that you are just getting angry all the time. You will be surprised. Say, but I'm not like this before. And energy has passed through you. Different type of things. Now, after wedding, the man bring couples to dance, they will put music. You will see it now. Couples will dance madness into themselves. Eh? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> it will find expression. Say yes. Salute us. Yes. Dance that style. That's me that brought that inspiration. Will be glorified. And then your energy will pass through you. Then you are married. You just bless your marriage. And now you are full when your marriage was blessed, you tap the energy of Christ. Now you have combined the energy of Christ and the energy of Zazu. And now you are living your marriage. And over time, what happens? You will notice that what you are used to feel for each other is longer working out. The man you have loved all these years, you you how they call it, you cut it for five years. Within two months, you didn't go to test the man for nothing. Your mind will be telling you. Hmm, that boy, that boy you left, that should have been This is true. It's true. You're alone in the house now. You cook. New life has begun. Then all kinds of things start creeping up in your mind. You and as it's happening, you think it's not myself. I was just thinking. You're not thinking. Something is already cooking up inside of you. All of a sudden, you start putting up some shape of what? Arrogance. When he comes and says, You greet him. You're welcome. All like before, you embrace him as a new little wedding couple now and all that, all the other things, you will drop them. The man begins to notice that notice something is happening. And you say, ah, what is going on? Nothing, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Then before you know it, from there stubbornness comes. From there one day, something will happen, once more will happen, you will get angry. And you say, but what do I do? The next thing is what? The man says, excuse me, you slap me? He said, yes, and so what? What will happen? What will happen? He said, but you're not like this. Yes, now I'm like this. Top has started. He didn't know you have picked up an energy from somewhere. Nothing happens for nothing. But because Christians are ignorant, they don't think it in everything. Where are they now? Give your life a direction. Okay? Be the one to decide what you want and live your life. Don't. The man said, don't follow the majority when they go wrong. You are picking up things. Hey, the human body is an antenna. This body of yours is an antenna. Highly sensitive. It picks up things that moves in the air. If you don't govern what your body picks up, you will wake up angry and you don't know what to do with you angry. Have you noticed that they hit you, you're angry? They don't get you, you're angry. Eh? Have you noticed it? Because your body has trapped an energy. Some days you wake up, you are so excited. You start singing. Hey! They will say, ah, what happened? You say, no, I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. It means you have trapped a good energy. 
The Bible says, choose life and not death. And that's why when you wake up and you notice you're angry, you know your body has trapped an energy. You need to flush it. You must change the course of that energy. If not, that energy can lead you to something. Sometimes you wake up. You're not, you're not sick. You just wake up on your body as if you are dying. Sickness has come. I like, I guess down. I don't understand what I said. My body somehow, hey, an energy has begun operation. You need to take action immediately and flush what your body has trapped. I'm teaching you what demonic intelligence so you can help yourself as a Christian and not just relax and allow the devil to rubbish you. So when this system has picked up individuals who are gifted and have downloaded their intelligence to that gifted person and now the person now begins to man- manifest those gifts in different areas in these areas of life. The rulers of darkness will come to operation. What will they do? When the powers translate it into individuals and they start manifesting it. People start buying into those things. Be it the lifestyle, be it whatever is raining, and they buy it up. And then when it has finally settled in the heart of men, and they accept it. Like now, there's one that is in vogue now in America. I don't know whether it's every year or twice every uh, twice in a year they do it. Men and women will gather themselves, sleep naked, carry bicycle, and start riding in the town. Everybody is just naked. They say, we want to be in the, want to be natural. Then what happens? The rulers of darkness will now make it as a law. We can't come out of it again. You sometimes, you vote, even if you after some time, you say, mm, I don't want to continue this. You can't stop again. You have entered a law of the spirit that forces you to continue that way. That's what is called addiction. Addiction. You become addicted to that thing. It could be movie, it could be alcohol, it could be cigarette, it could be a particular way of doing things. You don't see yourself. You don't like it again. It's eating your money. But you can't stop. You're under an influence. You're under an influence. You need help. Your mind is already being configured for something. Why are we all quiet? <laughs> so darkness will make sure you remain there. I don't want this again. Why, oh God, I don't want to do this again. Tomorrow you will go back. Either by hook or by crook. Oh, every day I'm taking five bottles. Now nah, I don't want it again. No way. Before you know it, something just say, just go and sit down. Nothing will happen. <laughs> you can sit down. When you sit down, what happens? Please, just one bottle. <laughs> you fire one, fire two, away again. You come back home guilty. Precious Holy Spirit, help us. Amen. May the yokes of darkness be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now listen, this is the last one. When the family has endorsed that government on people and we cannot change again, they are now victims. They have used their intelligence to tie up the people. Then the spiritual host of wickedness comes in. That's when they will start saying, hey, now we don't catch you like fish. They will start putting things upon you. Limitations, frustration, curses upon people. So this is what Paul was dealing with in Ephesians chapter 6. When he said, I fought with a beast of Ephesus. He was fighting this system that was corrupting the Ephesian church. Daniel too fought that also in Babylon. When the, the, the prince of Persia resisted Daniel. There are many of them. When Jesus came and he wanted to change the course of the atmosphere, the devil came to and tempted him. He had to conquer in that realm. 
So, Christians, we must be aware of this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to engage them. So, it is from all this system that the Bible now says, you, he has quickened. Who were? You were there before. But by virtue of the presence of Christ, he has quickened you out of this. But how many of us are aware we are out of it? We are out of it legally in Christ. But practically, we are still that's why you see your inner self is kind for salvation. Your body is a victim of this. Today you pray, 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 pray. Ah, you are happy. Before you know something, pulls you back again. The Christian work is that you must engage the energy God has given to you to be able to break away from all this nonsense because legally he has set you free. Legally you are free. He has paid a price and has quickened you out of this reality. And he's now asking you in Galatians, he says, Now that Christ has set you free, stand firm in the liberty that the Lord has given to you. You are the one to sustain your salvation. Stand firm in it. We must understand this and walk in it. Because if we don't you know, put this in perspective, then the things that happen will continue to happen. The Bible says, you know, uh, exercise of salvation with what? With trembling and fear. And one of the ways you can help yourself sustain your being quickened out of this is to grow in prayer life. Grow in prayer life. Grow in prayer life. The more you pray, the more you activate that power God has put in you that brought you out of this realm. Prayer life. Secondly, Jesus gave us his flesh. At the Eucharist, we receive the flesh. The essence of the flesh is that each time we celebrate the Mass, we reenact the entire Calvary activity as if Christ is dying again today. And so each time we reenact this, the power that was available 2,000 years ago that liberated the church then, or liberated the Jews and made them Christians, that same power is made available to us again. So that you can enjoy the dividend of his death and resurrection. So now that you have known this, you search your life. Where are you taking this way? There are things you do, you teach your mama. When you don't know, you're not an influence. And the earlier you begin to break away from them, the better for you. Because the end of it all is what? You also bring them into what? The children of this. So the Bible says he's at work now. He's at work now. The guy is working still. We need something. In the children of what? Disobedience. At the end of it, death will come. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. The quality of your life is not to this direction. The quality of your life is to free destiny which God has planted in your life. And your destiny can only show up as you grow in God. As you grow in God. For those of you who have been joining us in our Zoom class, we will be handing a topic class, right? Can we still remember them? One is what? Yeah, that's your prayer life. To cut off from divine communion. Okay? Number two is what? He keeps your passion for God and passion for the kingdom. So, you are just living your life just for yourself. You're not relevant to God. The third one is what? So soon. <laughs> it's your growth. Have you forgotten so soon? He will resist your growth because you know that when you grow, that's when you will discover who you are in God and fulfill your destiny in God. If you don't grow, you will not know who you are. If you don't grow, you will know what you're calling. <clears throat> if you don't grow, you will know the, the part you have to play in the Christian life. It's not about just go to church and come back. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father.
you know, who we are. If you understand, first of all, who you are, it goes a long way to help you now begin to have some level of assessment and evaluation. Then if this is who I am in God, then what is happening to me? Why am I where I am right, right now? So it's no longer an issue of God. It's issue of what? You. It's an issue of you. So in other words, to a great extent, you are responsible for what is happening to you where you are now. So it's not God. So why asking God to change you? How are you asking God to do something to you? When you are the one who is orchestrating what's happening to you? Because you are under an hypnotic influence of a demonic intelligence you are not even aware of. Noble. Has to do with what? Royalty. So I belong to your royalty. I belong to your royalty. And he said, noble seed, seed of the highest quality, seed of the what? So when they use the word here in this old English, it says, "Holy a right seed." That's that, that seed that I, that, I, that, that I, you know, uh, how would I put it? It's a seed that was hand-picked. Among other seeds, they hand-picked these ones. They looked at them and saw that these seeds are different and they hand-picked them. But the implication that those seeds are actually the seeds that has the highest quality to be planted for it to be able to regenerate. You know, sometimes I've always said here that to, to, to prove that you have received the authentic faith, if you say I'm a Christian right now, it will prove that you have received authentic faith. It means that you have been able to transfer that same faith to another person, and that person now is a victim of the gospel. If you have not been able to transfer your faith to anyone, and the person has not repented and then starts serving God, it means your faith is still questionable. Because the authentic faith, faith has the capacity to reproduce itself in other people's lives. It must be evangelical and produce the same effect. How do you now say I have faith when you are not even preached to anybody? You are not shedding this faith to anybody. And no one has repented on account of your work with God. You don't just say you are a complete Christian yet until what you have received has been able to be communicated to another person and it produces the same result. Now it means you have not come to age. It means what you have is real. So, Catholics, wake up. Because when you talk about evangelism, many of us are very cold towards it. You have not shared the gospel with anybody. With your colleagues, your friends. You are shy to do, talk about it. You are shy to share your faith. You don't know. It's part of your Christian calling. The missionary Christian life. Every Christian is a missionary. And the extent to that missionary activity is that you must bring the gospel to souls. Bishop Bagobiri says that it is a fundamental human right to preach the gospel to every human being you meet. <laughs> that man inspired me so much. He's dead now, you know. He died a few, 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 few years ago, about two or three years ago. He was the same person who said that sacramentalization without aggressive evangelization will lead to de-Christianization. 
that if you're busy sacramentalizing people, oh, baptizing, holy communion, without truly evangelizing them, that Christianity will fall. We must go back to the evangelical dimension. Amen? Amen. So God has planted you a noble seed. You are a noble seed. Say, I'm noble. I'm noble. Are you convinced about it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. This is not religious talk. You must have it as part of your mentality. I live in a realm of nobility. In that phase of life, see yourself from the noble standpoint of view. Don't ever see yourself as a beggarly, downtrodden person. Your mentality has a lot to offer in your Christian journey. Sometimes, even for God to answer your prayer, He looks at your mind. Your mind is actually your real point of expression. No wonder the Bible says, guard your mind with all diligence, for out of it issues the things of life. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? So the devil knows, and that's why he invests so much in, you know, in dealing with the products in your mind through demonic intelligence. He dislodges your mind and brings you to operate at a lowest cadre. As, man, as, as long as your mind is low, even if they lift you up, you will still come back. They say you can go to the bush and pick a, pick a man out of the bush. Eh? But you cannot, you cannot uh, take the bush that is in his mind. You see? So you must see yourself as a noble person. I'm noble. I'm born of God. I'm born from the realms of nobility. I belong to a family that is noble. Not noble in the sense of money. That is deception. Not in the sense of uh, plenty assets. No. I belong to a family that has an eternal dimension. I live with a family. I belong to a family that my, my, my existence is not just ordinary physical existence. I'm backed up by an energy that comes from the realm of the other life. That's where nobility comes from. You are not ordinary. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. When he came speaking to people, he said what? He said, I'm from above. You are from below. How did he come from below? I mean from above. He was born in Bethlehem like every other person. I was born in Kogi State. We were born somewhere maybe in uh, Ananambra State. But when you gain ascendancy in this realm, you don't say I'm born from Ananambra State any longer. I'm born from above. Because the second betting is what determines the rebirth in your life. They have the primary betting and the secondary betting. Until a man is born again, he can see the kingdom. It is the second betting that brings you to the kingdom, and that's the rebirth. The first betting is localized. The second betting is not localized. It's the a, it's a superior betting. The second bet is what tells you your, who you are in God. The first betting tells you who you are in man. The first betting has to do with humanity. The second betting has to do with what? Divinity. divinity. Humanity and divinity, which one is highest? You live from there to pray here. You don't live from here to pray there. That is the Christian missionary lifestyle. You must understand this structure. It must be part of your existence. You must see yourself that way. Until the day I began to see myself from that, that realm, 
I couldn't have been who I am today. If I was to see myself from where I was better the first time, uh, I would fold myself and walk out to this place. But the moment I began to look at the other file of my betting on the right side, life took a new vista. I started seeing life from a different point of view. I know I belong to another family. Even though I have an earthly family, I have my heavenly family. And I saw that my, when I suppose my earthly family with my heavenly family, they are not compared at all. And I started and went on the Holy Ghost said, Hey, Vin, I want to convince you that your first, your first betting or your first, your earthly family is the, your airport where you landed. You travel from somewhere. So you landed in a place and you were better there. Nobody lands at the airport and remains there and says, That's my home. It means you are confused. Maybe from there they will now have to get a, an ambulance to take you to a special hospital where they'll help you to ask you questions, boy, where are you coming from? Hmm? Where are you heading to? You tell them, no, I'm leaving this airport. My apartment is not that, that wrong way. They will now know that something has gone wrong with you. So uh, we belong to a new family. This is a family that is higher than the earthly family. But you know very well that all of us are victims of loving so much our earthly family. And Jesus said, whoever loves father and mother Brother and sister, more than me, is not worthy of the kingdom. You see, there's so much love for our earthly family, but very small love for our heavenly family. And in baptism, we're baptized into the heavenly family. So you have to understand yourself from that point of view. That's why at baptism, they give you a new name. That's why they give you a new name. And you must answer a name that reflects our what? Heavenly family. They vet your name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Yes. You must start valuing your heavenly family. You must do everything to associate with your, earthly, your heavenly family in all ramifications. The earthly realm may abandon you, but you are not alone. Get that right. They have to say, Master, we are just two. Look at the army here. We are finished. And Elisha said, What? We are not alone. Those who are for us are more than those who are against us. Sometimes it's good for you to come to a point where you can create trouble. Eh? So our men will fight you and it provoke your heavenly family to fight for you. And the guys say, Master, it's like you are not understand what I'm talking about. There are mirrors of soldiers out there. He say, who are those who are for us? Nobody is here. Father opened his eyes and he saw horses on, on fire, chariots on fire, many who covered the entire you know, mountain. And then and then, he was the one who now stepped up and said, Hey, come. You are welcome. <laughs> now he has seen the other side. May God lead you to see the other side. Amen. That your faith may come strong. Say, I'm not alone. Say, I'm, I'm internally loaded. Say, I'm externally guarded. That must be your consciousness. Always. That must be your consciousness. Always. 
is because many Christians lack this reality. That is why they suffer a lot. They feel that God is in heaven and He must be answering all the prayers. Be answering all their prayers. So they cry out to God all the time. God answer my prayer. God bless me. God give me this. God give me this. If you don't give them, they say, oh God, fight for me. No. Say, I belong to the noble family. I belong to the noble family. So you must see yourself that way. And because you belong to a noble family, you don't dress anyhow. You, there's an ethical uh, dressing code for the noble family. Two of us. I think something happened a few, few, few weeks ago about the royalty in, in, in England. Eh? I don't know whether you are always in touch with the news. Something happened and then it's like the queen did something to somebody. Who can help, who can help me remind me of what happened again? It, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 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 mm you can never see the queen dressed on jean, eh? on jean and polo and with face cap. Can you ever see everyone that way? No matter how civilization has gone. She's compared to dress the way she's dressing because of what? Royalty. <laughs> so let us take it far. So Christians, who just dress anyhow? I'm free. I'll express myself. Uh, you have some problem. You have not understood who you are yet. You don't dress anyhow. You dress to always recognize the family you belong to. And it affects every other thing you do. Every other thing. There are things you don't say. Not because you don't have the right to say them. But because you represent a family, there are things you don't say. I shared with you a story of uh, the, uh, the, 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 the king of uh, France many years ago when it was war. And then um, I shared that with you before, right? Uh-huh. as a king. And so you can't teach me a different language. And you know, because of that, they could not kill him. Because they say if you kill him, it means he's still innocent. And their blood, his blood will be upon their head. That's how the boy survived. Do you not see why Christians who don't see just talk anything? Ah, I'm dying, oh. Hmm. Ah, hmm. my life is finished. These are vulgar language in the spirit. You speak from, the Bible says, every good man speaks from the resources of his good heart. Every evil man speaks from the evil resources of his heart. So if Christ is in you and you're a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, why do you say things? Why do you speak the language or the problem of the world? Why do you see yourself as that cheap human being that could be made a victim of every nonsense that happens in the world? You are rubbishing the investment of Jesus. He came and died for you. And, and he gave you a life. And you think that that life is not worth to live for. No, 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 no. So I'm of, I'm of royalty. I'm of royalty. 
prayers. Say it again. Then he now says, the seed of the highest quality. <laughs> this is one that gets me intoxicated all the time. I have planted you on this earth a royal person and also the seed of the highest quality. So among all the seeds of human beings roaming the earth, we belong to the class that has the what? The highest quality. You know, when you are planting maize and you plant some and you say, this one, is the highest quality. It means that this one is different from others. Others, pests can you know, eat them up. Others, maybe if a flood comes and is sweeping the, the roots, the roots are not strong. But these ones, the roots go deeper. These ones are pest-resistant seed. These ones are drought-resistant seed. It means there's something about that seed that has some power that others don't have. God is saying he has planted you. He said it. Did God say it? Yes. Did God say it? Yes. He said then, why have you turned, you turned onto what? A degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me. Why have you turned? You turned yourself. He planted it away. You turned yourself. Many turned themselves because they didn't know they were victims of what? Demonic intelligence. So you are in a journey of eh? you are journey of coming back to who God said you are. As a man thinks. You cannot become what you are not thinking. If you see yourself as a, as a degenerate, you always produce things that are negative. You must change your thinking. You must begin to see yourself. Create a picture of who you are in God. Celebrate it. See it all the time. All the time. It is saying that what you perceive yourself to, to be in your mind is what you will grow into. You are turning the course of your life in every area. If you don't see yourself as a healthy person, but every time you are conscious of your sickness, all the time you will be sick. Everything starts in your mind. You'll be like, see, the way I'm feeling myself now. You'll be like, say, cancer is coming, you know. They say, cancer, this is how it starts. No! That's how it starts. They say that if the thing happens to your mind, as you have even accommodated, let it not be cancer, but any other thing, you will make sure that something enters there. Then eventually you went to the hospital after test, they say, hmm, we are seeing a growth, but we don't understand it. You are a seed of the highest quality. Was it not Jesus who said, those who believe in me, even if they take any deadly thing, hey, 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 wait, wait. Did Christ say it or did he imply it? Please put it on the on the list for us. If you any deadly any, say any. any. He said it shall not by any means. It shall not. So, me, when I reflect on such things, I ask myself, what was in the mind of Jesus about those who believe in him when he was saying this with such an audacious, uh, you know, manner? It means, there, it means there are things he has put in place for him to make such declarations. Even if they take any deadly thing, it shall not by any means 
It shall not by any, if it comes solid, if it comes liquid, if it comes cold, it comes hot, it comes through their head or through their foot or through their hands, whatever, if by any means the end is what? Hot. It shall not by any means what? Hot them. What was going on in his mind? What did he put in place? For me to want to say, hmm, no robber can cross this gate. I tell you, any criminal that crosses this gate is a finished criminal. And I'll be saying with so much energy and confidence, for me to say it, it means that things backing me up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For me to have said it, it means that things I know. I've equipped myself enough to confront anything that comes. I can't just come and say such kind of language without a backup. So for Christ to have said it, it means there was something he was saying and, and put a place in the spirit for him to have said it. And that's to give credence of what? Of the type of seed that I say, I have planted you a noble seed and a seed of the highest quality. You cannot be pregnant. Nothing can ever bring you down. You can, be, you can exist in drought. When pests come and pests around you, pestilence and all forms of diseases come, there is something that I put in you by virtue of your union with me that makes you to have the capacity to withstand the invasion of all forms of deadly realities. Shout to big amen. Amen. But the next thing is, can you believe it? Can you be so convinced about it? And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It shall not hurt them. I know other ones can be, you know, who can... Uh, <laughs> for me, the highest, the strongest among all this here is what? This one I'm mentioning now. What did he put in us? Others can take it to hurt them. But you, because you belong to him, he said it will not hurt you. What did he put in you? Have you seen what he put in you? Or maybe it was on a slip of tongue, eh? No, <laughs> maybe. He just said it to encourage us, you know. It means there's something about this. Personally, that's how I reflect. That's how I reflect. Does that, you know, help us understand that Jeremiah 22, 20, I planted you what? The seed of the highest quality. So I'm planted the seed of the highest quality. Tell your neighbor, I have value, I have value. I have value. I have value. Say, I have weight, I have weight. You have to understand this. See yourself that way and package yourself that way always. I'm too important because God has invested something in me. He says, the Almighty has done great things in me. So it means also that Jesus has done great things in us. And we're able to articulate that last year and the beginning of this year, that that investment is that we're now partakers of his nature, partakers of his life, partakers of his spirit. This is the highest substance of divinity which he has put in us. Emmanuel, God is with us. John said, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. 
Peter said, what I have, I will give you. He engaged that substance. You, how are you seeing yourself? This is the essence of Christianity. Not just going to church and coming back and see communion and be with your hand. You must come to my church where this becomes your consciousness. And if you continue to develop and grow in this dimension, it will affect every other aspect of your life. Having established this, Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1, now says, have them be quickened to life. Have them be quickened. Because the investment of God in your life is what quickens you to come alive. So, in the red hell of heaven, when heaven begins to scan the earth, they can capture you. You've been found. You were lost before. But the moment you receive God in your life and Christ invested himself in you, you were found by divinity. You were found by divinity. And having been found by divinity, God now invested himself in you. Having invested in you, you cannot, be, you cannot receive God's investment and still be dead. No. You will come alive. So that of Christian who has come alive in God. Paul said, I'm alive unto God. You have come alive unto God. On the God side, you have come alive. So if God is counting his people, he will count you. He knows where you live. He knows the name of your street where you live. He can count on you. He can embark on you. He can trust you for kingdom assignments. That's how to be relevant in God. And when this is established in your life, it changes everything at that level. You don't ask God for promotion in your career. You don't ask God to bless you. Because that investment is what determines your blessing in life. Because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. The devil does not want you to grow into this consciousness. So he will do everything to stop you, to be in the pews, a power in the spirit who is devoid of this reality. And so every day you are looking for deliverance. Every day you are going for, pray for me again, pray for me again. When are you going to start speaking like Peter? What I have, I will use. God's investment in my life cannot be a waste. I know who I am. I know what is inside of me. The Almighty has done great things in me. When Mary saw it, she began to speak. Not talking to God, but she began to speak mysteries. The Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age upon those who fear him. He puts forth his arm in strength and scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Who is the proud? Who is the proud person here? He's the devil. Psalm 2 says what? Why do the nations rage against the Lord and his anointed? The man who lives in heaven laughs at them. So Mary has said he has scattered the proud and lifts up the lonely. He sees the starving with good things. Sends the rich away empty. She was speaking from the what? The treasury of what she has conceived in her spirit. This is how we live the Christian life in the dimension of the New Testament. So we can be relevant to God and fulfill destiny in this realm of life. There's too much teaching that has made the devil appear as if he's in charge. Christians are, are so afraid of themselves 
so much inferiority complex, so much fear, intimidation, ignorance. And so every day, they, one bird will fly. You are not even sure whether it's a witch. You say the witch. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. And Christians think that that's life. You see cockroach, Holy Ghost fire. What they could, hey, Holy Ghost fire, they have come again. Don't look at me, don't look at me. May fire fire your eye. Christians says chapter 2 again. So that as we give a song, what we can do? Which spirit? Which specific ministry of the Holy Spirit? Quicken you. Huh? Ah, you see? <laughs> you have to learn to understand Romans 8 11. If the spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead is what? Dwells in you. See, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave will give life to a mortal body. And the Bible says that whoever is joined to Christ is one and the same spirit with him. You have that spirit inside of you. God's investment is established in your life already. Whether you like it or not, if you are a weak Christian, you are a strong Christian, that investment has been made on you. You are the one degenerating. Nothing more. Because if you truly connect back to what has been invested in your life, your life will brighten up. Don't want that God says, arise now and shine. For your light has come. Where? Inside you. And you say the glory of God is what? Upon you. Say, my light has come. Say, God has invested in me. me. Shall be responsible. Paul say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Don't mind what the world is doing. Don't mind all the temptations. Don't mind all the buffeting of the enemy making your life look miserable. It's part of the training. When your appointed time comes, you'll be shocked. The Bible says God will repay all disobedience. So he has quickened us. He has quickened us. He has quickened us to life now. He quickened us from somewhere. And it's good that you know where you're coming from. It will help you to understand the mercy of God upon your life. Ephesians 2. And you, he has what? Quickened. Why? Who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead. So as far as the heaven was concerned, nobody knew you in heaven. You are not part of God's agenda. You are lost in this world. As one man says, haranguing everywhere. But God quickened you to life. Okay, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. Wherein, in the time past, you walked according to the course of this world. So when you were dead, you were fashioned into a curse that wronged this world. Many are still there. But grace located you. Many are still, you know, fashioned in that curse. I say that that curse is like a pattern. A pattern is like a pattern or a system. A pattern or a system. Or what again? Culture. Mentality. So there's a pattern, there's a system, there's a culture, there's a mentality that runs this earth system. Okay? 
and the intelligence that originates these patterns, these systems, this culture, this mentality is not of God. And Paul continues to say, according to what they according to the word, according to the prince of the power of the air. So it is a prince that is responsible for this pattern, this culture, this system. It's called what? The prince of the power of the air. You know, the prince or the power of the air. That prince is not a good prince, so it's a bad prince. Okay? They are part of the fallen angels, fallen cherubims of heaven, who are very powerful, intelligent spirits. And so now they are engaging their giftedness to cause perversity and corruption of the highest order. Okay? Very intelligent spirits. And then, what does he do? According to the power, or according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So through this pattern, through the system, through the culture, through the mentality that has affected our politics, our entertainment, our what again? Business. Education, if yeah, maybe religion. He has been able to factor these patterns into these systems to bring about finally what disobedience. So if you don't have the spirit of God, you will see yourself doing things in these realms, and you think you are working for God. So the Holy Spirit has to help you to understand that these systems that are working here, they are working for a higher prince, called the prince of the power of the air. At the end of it, he wants to bring disobedience. And wherever there is disobedience, there is sin, are we? And when there is sin, then death has its power. There are ways that seem right unto someone in politics, in entertainment, in business, in education, in religion. But the end of it is what? Death. It means this prince is responsible. That's why John says, test every spirit. Very important. So there are things we have in our policies that needs to be fished out. There are things in our entertainment industry we feel are being entertained. But at the end of it all, this prince is actualizing his own system. And you need to understand what is the mission of this prince. He has come to kill, to see, and to destroy. They are part of the princes that work in the government of, of Satan, Lucifer himself. Paul said, We're not fighting flesh and blood, we're fighting what? Principalities, powers, spiritual. Rulers of darkness, rulers of darkness, and then what? Spiritual hosts, hosts of wickedness. So these prince, they are the highest cadre of demonic principles, principalities. 
and we say that principalities means what? Princes without a territory. They've been cast out from heaven, and the earth was not given to them. So they hover around. They have no legality of existence on this realm. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like what? Lightning. So they are on earth here, engaging men against themselves. They themselves don't have the legal right to operate on this earth. The Bible says the heavens belong to the Lord, and the earth he has given to men, not to spirits. Even Jesus himself to come and operate on earth here, what happened? He had to even seek permission to be hosted by a woman and be given flesh. If not, he had, if he had appeared here on his own, he would be existing on this realm illegally. And by so doing, whatever mission he wants to accomplish on earth here will be illegal. So that's why he took flesh. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Just as the children share in flesh and blood, himself shared the same, that through his death he would destroy the one that has the power of death. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are we together here? Yes. So there are principalities that are, they are existing, but they have no legality to exist on earth here. And I want to just explain to you how these principalities, powers, thrones of darkness are engaging this pattern, this system, this culture, this mentality in these areas of life to achieve an aim of what? Destruction and death. And the beginning of death is separation from God. It begins on earth here. You live your life here without God. Eventually you will die. And when you die, because you never related with God, you never live for God, you are now living in eternity without God. That is the real death. That's the ultimate death. Never to see God again. And the devil is working every day to achieve this. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for who he will devour and engage into this system to bring about this reality. And every Christian must understand that. He must live above the just, the normal, casual Christian life and come into this dimension and live by the Spirit. The Bible says, as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. If you're not led by the Spirit, you make mistakes. You presume a lot. And you should not be ignorant of what the devil is doing. Now, we explain that these principalities, what is their work? They are superior beings. They are part of the angels that God created who has fallen. Okay? They are superior beings. They are highly intelligent. They don't come down on the earth realm. They hang in the atmosphere. They operate from there. They are the ones who engineer intelligence that creates civilizations. When the Bible says, do not be that whoever is, um, uh, how, how did James say it? Whoever is a friend of the world is an enmity with God. Eh? That's what he said, right? Yeah. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. As if the world was not created by God. Yes. The physical earth structure was created by God, but the civilization that runs the earth system right now is not of God. It's of this intelligence. And men have become victims of this reality, and many are on that path. That's like I said, the way to live to life. Many are on that path. But the way that leads to life, only very few. It's a narrow road. But the road is a very wide road. 
She's not happy about it. That's to tell you that this, this system, they are working hard every day. One man said, how can Jesus just be here? After all, he's God, he's everything. After all, he's... And they work for the principalities. Their work is to engineer civilizations. Civilizations in different areas. Some are, you know, they create the intelligence that run politics. They create rationalism, mental realities that comes to support politics, support entertainment, business, even education, and even religion. How do they do this? When they create that type of civilization, they cannot come on earth they know it well that they have no legality here. When they have created a package, they want to, they want to find expression in the earth realm. What do they do? They transfer to powers. These are that cadre of demonic operations. They are lesser. The powers are the ones who now come. They come to somewhere like Abuja here. They want to make sure that whatever they have created will exist in Abuja. That's why you see, every city you go to, don't behave the same. If you come to Abuja, the way people act in Abuja is different from the people who act in Oweri. Go to Lagos, the same thing. Go to Oweri, the same thing. We are all Nigerians. See mixed up, but the behavioral pattern differs. There are some territories where you come to. You will discover some villages or some yeah, some villages or some towns. You will discover that what happens there is that most of their women they marry, but they don't last in their marriage. It's a pattern in that area. There are places you come to, only the women feed the men in that place. Trophos. In the morning, the men will start drinking. It is the women who go to farm and cultivate and bring food and feed the men at home. It's a pattern. Sometimes we say it's a culture. It's not a culture. The culture is a victim of the pattern. There are places you go to. Any man who is 40 years and has made money will die. But as long as you are poor, you will live long. You find those patterns all over. They are, these are highly intelligence that have been created by these principalities and they have handed over to powers. Now, what does power do? When they come to a territory, for instance, they come to Abuja here now, they want to achieve an aim that anybody that comes to Abuja, you will make money, but you will still be useless. There was a man who was confessing, and unfortunately, many Christians are not aware of it. God is taking us deeper to understand some of this. So when we are praying, we have a fair idea of what may orchestrate what is happening. We can now pray right. James said, you pray and don't get the answer to your prayer because you pray amiss. Personally, myself, it has helped me a lot in handling issues. There's a case I'm handling right now. It's a personal problem. I've been worried about it. Few days ago, the Lord spiritually spoke to me and said, This is the spirit, the spirit of destruction. It empowers your prayer. So now, what does power do? Because they lack legality. Say legality. legality. Yes. They lack legality to come and enforce things on the earth realm. What do they do? They come to Abuja. They begin to seek for what they call the gifted people. 
Men hide their treasures in banks, without gold or money, right? God does not hide his treasures anywhere, except in human beings. God may be planning that in the next 30 years, 40 years, he wants something strange to show up in life. He will come and hide it in the life of this little girl. The mother will even give birth to this child. She doesn't know there's something this girl is carrying. She will grow to be a mother. And then she will transfer it to another child again. It will be running in the line of the family of this girl until the time God wants it to show up. Why did they waste so much pages on the scripture in the Gospel of Matthew writing the names of um, Abraham, the father of this, uh, the father of this, uh, uh, this, 14th generation, second, 14th generation, third, and at the end, who showed up? He started with Abraham. That's where he started running. So they had to bring in the names of all the people who participated in keeping that treasure, knowingly or unknowingly. Now, they had to prove to us that these are the men who kept that heritage about Christ. There are other divine heritages running the earth system that men don't see. You might even know you are part of it. My mother, did you ever know that she's going to give birth to a man who will call the priest? No. She doesn't even know. It, I, it took the Holy Spirit to come and speak to me and tell me, you are meant to be a priest. I fought it for many years. Until he told me, he said, if you don't become a priest, you'll be frustrated because this is what you're being fashioned to become. I have no option that to accept. As you assisted, there are things you are carrying you don't even know. Because you're not growing the spirit. You think I'm just a male human being. I don't know, I just say I'm a man. <laughs> I just manage, you know. You grow, you will not know it. All the people that played their part in scripture were men and women who grew. <laughs> John the Baptist grew. Samuel grew. Jesus grew. If you don't grow, you will not discover who you are. And will not function according to the agenda of God. So everybody is gifted in different areas. You are a deposit of something that will bless this world. That's why we say the Bible says, children are blessings from the Lord. So if God wants to answer a prayer in one generation, it's okay. Oh yeah. You go. He puts the gift inside of you. You don't say, oh yeah, I think people want blessing. Search for it. We are the ones to raise our children to grow and manifest what they carry. But unfortunately, parents think that giving birth is just, I don't born, wait till you born. I born begin. Eh? Boy or girl. There's something about her. I haven't found out. So, the re-betting is after the physical betting, you have to also bet that child in the spirit. And the, as a mother, as a father, you should know. Look at Isaac, when he was about to die in, 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 in Egypt. What happened? He started calling his sons and started mentioning them. He said, Judah, you shall be your rod, shall be great, and your brothers will serve you. He was talking about them in the spirit. He hacked into their files and was telling person. Who was the person? He said, You shall be unstable as water. Reuben, he said, Because of your attitude in the spirit. You shall be unstable as water. How can a father tell his son that? And truly he was unstable. Are we together here? Are you getting understanding here? So you must know who you are. You must know who you are. 
So if your parents fail to tell you who you are, then grow. <laughs> Beth Mary Madeline. Everybody saw her as a harlot, professional harlot. Christ went to the fire and checked. She was to be a prophet. And seven demons sit on her and say, you will never be a prophet. You will never be a prophet. He cast out the seven demons. And the woman changed. Came weeping. And used her hair to rub the foot of Jesus. And, you know, applied oil. She became the first person among all the disciples apostles to come and talk about the Messiah has risen. Others were busy running away and getting despondent. She was still going to the grave to go and spice up the body of Christ and apply oil. True love for God was what reignited again. Now the harlot has become what? A prophetess. So what the demons do, this power does, is that they go around and pick those with heavy gifts. Because each person is supposed to manifest that gift and be a blessing to their territory. So what they do is that they now go and pervert those with those gifts. Prophetic gifts, in, gifts of inspiration, gifts of whatever that has a big office. So what they do is... Then I say, okay, this one, ah, we have seen that she has prophetic gifts. God will use this one to change the atmosphere of this territory. The best thing to do now is that we will attack her. What will they do? First of all, they will make their parents non-challenged towards this, this child. Listen now, listen. They will make their parents very careless with seeing this child with the right information that will make her grow to who she is in God. So this child will be growing. Parents have no time for prayer. No time for the word of God. They are busy chasing money. And the devil will start using things around to feed this girl. Because just like that, that uh, sorcerer wanted to corrupt that boy, he wants to make sure he corrupts this girl. Bad friends will start coming and be teaching her negative things. And as they are investing those negative things, she's growing. Her mind every day is changing, 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 changing until they corrupt her and corrupt her gift. So she grows to be a wild person. And in that, as she works strong in that diversity, a time will come, she will knock a resonance in her soul and say, where is God? There is no God. I can live the life I want. That is blunt and rebellion. She will even say, I prefer evil than good. Because of the heavy influence of that demonic spirit. But they do it gradually, gradually, through bad friends. So what is happening in school today, where children are being insisted to court and all those things, you would think it's normal. It is this intelligence that is at work. People that should be a blessing to this generation are being harnessed and taken away. And we are saying, yes, destroy them. We're not even aware that we're under a siege already. You see a woman, you have a son, you have a daughter, he's growing, he's becoming wild, you don't care. Hey, Victor, what is changing you? I didn't give birth to you like this. In secondary school, he comes back, he's smoking, you see him, he's smelling uh, India him. He said, Victor, what has happened to you? Mommy, if you mess up, I kill you. Okay, mommy, I won't talk again. My son. <laughs> now, your ego will make you, you won't say anything because how can you guys be saying, my son is smoking uh, India him? You start praying secretly. The devil will be walking openly. You are praying secretly. The devil will be walking open, openly. Until the boy goes off. 
when he has not disgraced you, you now start seeking for help. But that time, the corruption has taken deep in the fabrics of the person's heart. I tell you before, when iniquity comes in before divinity, it takes special grace for divinity to take over again. Parents, invest in your children's life. Give them attention. Monitor them. Ask God to open your eyes to see what the enemy is doing in the life of your children. You get better physically and spiritually, they will come and take them and start using them and training them to become instruments of destruction tomorrow because you lack the demonic intelligence. But by the grace of God, as you are gaining this understanding, you will grow to see what you should be doing to help your situation right now, your family and your children in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So they pick up the gifted ones and they start corrupting them. Start corrupting them. And so they grow corrupted. Now, when they start, when they get corrupted, they would start begin, they begin to seek for pleasure in wickedness. The devils start engaging their appetite, their urges, their ambition in life. Everything will carry negative impact. The person wants to make money, but the devil tell him, must you make money the right way? You can do it through human ritual. You can do it through all these things happening today where boys are eating shit. Eh? To make money, kill somebody. He put that in their, in their, in their hearts. And then when the person gets involved with that, he gives the devil right now to take hold of that person. And so the devil now installs this intelligence that the principalities have what finally, you know, uh, uh, cooked up. They, the person now, they give the person down. Because by his giftedness, he has legality on Ephraim here. So he can now, on account of his legality, transfer that intelligence on the world here and it will be endorsed because he has the legal rights. So that's why you see the different civilizations in fashion, in music, in entertainment, in business. It comes up and people buy into it without knowing where it comes from. And because this intelligence is backed up by a spirit, that is intelligent in the spirit, it has energy in it. One fashion will come from nowhere. Everybody just, ah, right there, you know. Where is it raining from? You don't know. You just know. And immediately you key into that intelligence. The energy that goes with it will affect you. And that's how they take over a territory and create civilization. They create patterns. They create systems. They create culture and mentality that run the minds of people. Now, you are carrying this and you come to church. They say, oh yeah, begin to bind all the evil spirits that are stopping us from getting money for food. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind all the evil spirits. And the guy who's somewhere is just smoking his uh, sugar and take his coffee and say, yes, you are binding me with your, my system inside of you. Is it possible? Is it possible? You're operating his uh, pattern and you're binding him. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes, sir. And the homes. We grew up in villages, you know, and we went to school, primary school, we came back and uh, mm -hmm. learned how to sweep. We listened to those things and the moonlight, mm -hmm. and we got something. Some wisdom. Nowadays, those guys are liabilities. If you don't say them, take that and put it, they wouldn't take it. We are creating liabilities at morning. The values that one of my nieces went to some of this school, and I received a rosary and burnt. You see? She about uh, four years. She, she burnt it. They burned the rosary while some of this school. You see? So I went and confronted the proprietor. She Four years old, burning rosary. You get a rosary, they can't burn it. So they got the teacher, he said, that's the teacher. They had a little girl of four years, 10 lives. I said, that's the teacher that burned my rosary. 
So this issue has not over the education sector without this issue of creating liabilities. Parents are busy making money and they are proud. Say, I'm paying 200,000 naira a term for my son in this school. You can see how, you can see how, 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 how brainwashed they brandish their foolishness. Their pride is the school, not what the child is, is getting. You want to tell your friends, all my children are in Loyola Jesus College. <laughs> then, if your own school children are in government secondary school, go sir. <laughs> eh? No, go sir, road, eh? uh -huh. you They subdue them. That's why you have to understand, as people who are evangelizers, who are trying to pastoral ministry, we should be aware that when we see people who are deep-rooted in some vices, it's a sign that that person is a gifted person. The devil does not invest in, in useless people. All these bad guys are seen are actually kingdom instruments. Look at Paul. Did you ever know that Paul was supposed to be the one to carry the gospel to the Gentile nation? But the devil saw it his star and invested corrupt religion in him and he was killing Christians. But when the time came, Christ told say from today, I change the course of your mission. And just as if they just turned him this way, with the same zeal, he continued again. There <laughs> was a moving train. Don't stop him. Just change the course and he will continue. You see the point? Peter was busy catching fish. He was busy catching fish and he seized the profession. It was okay for him. Christ said, hey, the file in heaven says you are the head of the church. So you are part of the agenda of God. You were born since this has been following your lineage until now. You are to be my vicar after I have gone. That's why even as Peter denied Christ three times, the devil made him to deny Christ three times. Jesus still went back because he can't change him. He is the one with the mandate. Peter, do you love me? He still works on him. The problem was not what he's carrying. The problem was that his brain has been made what? A victim of demonic what? Intelligence. Peter said, I love you. I love you. He said, feed my sheep. That's what God entrusted to you. Stop catching fish. Catch men. You were supposed to be catching men, but the devil told you to be catching fish. <laughs> You must understand this. That energy he was still using to catch fish. The guy began to... The first day he caught 3,000 men. You don't know. That passion you have for something. Listen. Listen to me. There's a passion you have now that has made a victim in one area of life or the other. That passion is not meant for that thing. It's meant for something in God but you don't know yet. Fetch yourself now. There's something that you, you, are, you are ready to kill to get it. It gives you joy to be in it. Hey, every time you are, you are driven, your urges, your passion, your, your drives, your dreams, your ambition is there. That energy is not made for nothing. This, that intelligence has changed your mind. You say, hey, instead of loving that God, hey, continue here. It's called witchcraft. They have bent you. Are we together here? Yeah. James and John, sons of thunder. They thought that their life was to be catching fish and be eating and be selling. They had a very big fishing industry. So they said, hey, follow me. You know, see, you know, Christ didn't preach to them. He commanded them. Because the devil has made a mess of human beings. Now, you may be asking, how do you know that uh, this is... 
I was studying scriptures and I stumbled on where Christ, the, the, the Bible says, the night before he called the twelve, he prayed all night. Now, that struck me. I said, all night he prayed. That means from 8 p.m., eh, he prayed till 6 p.m. About choosing I said, Holy Spirit, said, help me. What was he asking God? Now, after a all night, look at the crops of man beings in Peter, the one that acts before thinking. James, sons on thunder, grew by anger. If he mess up, they, their lineage carry fire. They can call thunder on you. Is it Matthew, tax collector? A betrayer of his own people. Judas, a criminal. Change them now. You tell us, you don't even know where he's coming from and where he's heading to. You didn't see other guys, intelligent guys, guys who are good in other areas that you have called. The Holy Spirit said that night, when he was praying, God took him to show him the file of the people who should man this affair. That their coming on earth was not just ordinary, they were meant to carry out an assignment. So that night, he had to engage eternity to secure the ability to command them to their destiny. So when he prayed all night, he had commanded, he had meant to secure command to call them by the power of God into their destiny. Peter, follow me. John, come. That was the eternity calling them into their destiny. And did you argue? They left everything. As you are here, may God command you from your eternity into your destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When it happens, don't say no. <laughs> was, hmm? and I was uh, resisting it. It took me time before I accepted it. That was not me as your most priest or even sister. No, that's just one aspect. There are other aspects. God will call you. There are many people who are saints today who are not priests and religious. But they discover their calling. And they came to it and did it. It's a magnet of Hungary. Is she a reverend sister? No. Her husband died. In the pain of that reality, she discovers something that God has called her to be the person who brings succor to the poor. That thing ate her up. She started reaching out to the poor. She would spend her money buying food, go and cook and then go to the streets and feed the people. The thing kept growing and growing and growing until it became a huge ministry. Her destiny was to go and console the poor whom the world has rejected. And that's how she found her own destiny from the rank of God. Who are you today? Who are you? And so that's why if we understand what the enemy does, then we become, become more careful with what we do. So when they now size up the gifted ones, they corrupt them. They use them to be installing all these things that is that seen in the world today. Nothing happens. Somebody just stand up and begin to brandish something. Before you know, everybody will kill in. Now, let me come in here and be more specific. In the entertainment industry is a major hub for the operations of the demons responsible for the youth. Are we together here? Yes. I'll enjoy your life, but I'll teach you what is behind it. Hmm? Yes. There, we call them talents. Eh? We call them talents and um, stars or whatever. We call them celebrities and all that. It's good. They're all nice, okay? But I want you to understand that anything you see them, what they do, they do that by inspiration. There are spirit that inspires their lifestyle. The clothes they wear. The moves they make. Even the dancing steps. There's one that is training now. They call it Zazu. Eh? You know Zazu, right? Just sit down and study that guy. And ask yourself. You don't know. 
from nowhere. And as you respond to that dancing style, there's an energy that's released in your soul. You won't know. All of a sudden, your zeal for prayer will drop. You used to pray very well, though. But having allowed that thing to pass through you, you lose your zeal for prayer. Then, you have you been a calm person. No, from nowhere, you start having anger. You will notice that you are just getting angry all the time. You'll be surprised. But I'm not like this for an energy has passed through you. Different type of things. Now, after wedding, they now bring couples to dance, they will put music. You will see now couples will dance madness into themselves. Eh? Have you noticed that? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> it will find expression. Say yes. Salute us. Yes. Dance that style. That's what that brought that inspiration will be glorified. And then your energy will pass through you. Then you are married. You just bless your marriage. And now you are following, you when your marriage was blessed, you tap the energy of Christ. Now you have combined the energy of Christ and the energy of Zazu. And now you are living your marriage. And over time, what happens? You will notice that what you are used to feel for each other is no longer working out. The man you have loved all these years, you, you had a quality, you caught it for five years. Within two months, you begin to detest the man for nothing. Your mind will be telling you, hmm, that boy, that boy you left, that should have been your It's true. It's true. You're alone in the house now. You cook. New life has begun. Then all kinds of things start creeping up in your mind. You are, and as it's happening, you think it's not myself. I'm just thinking. You're not thinking. Something is already cooking up inside of you. All of a sudden, you start putting up some shape of what? Arrogance. When he comes and says, you greet him. You're welcome. All like before, you embrace him as a new little wedding couple now and all that. All the other things, you will drop them. The man begins to notice that something is happening. And you say, ah, what's going on? Nothing. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Then before you know it, from there, stubbornness comes. From there, one day, something will happen. Once more will happen, you will get angry. And you say, but what do I do? The next thing is what? The man says, excuse me? You slap me? You say yes, and so what? What will happen? What will happen? Say, but you're not like this. Yes, now I'm like this. Top has started. You didn't know you have picked up an energy from somewhere. Nothing happens for nothing. But because Christians are ignorant, they don't give everything. Where are they now? Give your life a direction. Okay? Be the one to decide what you want and live your life. Don't the man said, do not follow the majority when they go wrong. You are picking up things. Hey, the human body is an antenna. This body of yours is an antenna. Highly sensitive. It picks up things that moves in the air. If you don't govern what your body picks up, you will wake up angry and you don't know what is making you angry. Have you noticed that they get you you're angry? They don't get you you're angry. Eh? Have you noticed it? Because your body has trapped an energy. Some days you wake up, you are so excited. You start singing. Hey! They will say, ah, what happened? You say, no, I don't know. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. It means you have trapped a good energy. 
The Bible says, choose life and not death. And that's why when you wake up and you notice you're angry, you know your body has trapped an energy. You need to flush it. You must change the course of that energy. If not, that energy can lead you to something. Sometimes you wake up, you are not, you're not sick. You just wake up on your body as if you are dying. Sickness has cried. You be like, I get sick down. I don't understand what I said. My body is so how Hey! An energy has begun operation. You need to take action immediately and flush what your body has trapped. I'm teaching you what demonic intelligence so it can help you as a Christian and don't just relax and allow the devil to rubbish you. So, when this system has picked up individuals who are gifted and have downloaded their intelligence to that gifted person, and now the person now begins to man- manifest those gifts in different areas in these areas of life, the rulers of darkness will come to operation. What would they do when the powers? translate it into individuals and they start manifesting it. People start buying into those things. Be it the lifestyle, be it whatever it's raining, and they buy it up. And then when it has finally settled in the heart of men and they accept it. Like now there's one that is in vogue now in America. I don't know whether it's every year or twice every uh, twice in a year they do it. Men and women will get themselves strip naked, carry bicycle and start riding in the town. Everybody is just naked. They say, we want to be in the, we want to be natural. <laughs> then what happens? The rulers of darkness will now make it as a law. We can't come out of it again. You sometimes, you vote, even if you after some time, you say, mm, I don't want to continue this. You can't stop again. You have entered a law of the spirit that forces you to continue that way. That's what's called addiction. Addiction, you become addicted to that thing. It could be movie, it could be alcohol, it could be cigarettes, it could be a particular way of doing things. You don't see yourself. You don't like it again. It's eating your money. But you can't stop. You're under an influence. You're under an influence. You need help. Your mind is already being configured for something. Why are we all quiet? So darkness will make sure you remain there. I don't want this again. Why, oh God, I don't want this again. Tomorrow you will go back. Either by hook or by crook. Oh, every day I'm taking five bottles. Now I don't want it again. No way. Before you know it, something just say, just go and sit down. Nothing will happen. <laughs> you can sit down. When you sit down, what happens? Please, just one bottle. <laughs> you fire one, fire two, away again. You come back home guilty. Precious Holy Spirit, help us. Amen. May the yokes of darkness be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now listen, this is the last one. When the family has endorsed that government on people and cannot change again, they are now victims. They have used their intelligence to tie up the people. Then the spiritual host of wickedness comes in. That's when they will start saying, hey, now we don't catch you like fish. They will start putting things upon you. Limitations, frustration, curses upon people. So this is what Paul was dealing with in Ephesians chapter 6. When he said, I fought with a beast of Ephesus. He was fighting this system that was corrupting the Ephesian church. Daniel too fought that also in Babylon. When the, the, the prince of Persia resisted Daniel. There are many of them. When Jesus came and he wanted to change the course of the atmosphere, the devil came to and tempted him. He had to conquer in that realm. 
So, Christians, we must be aware of this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to engage them. So, it is from all this system that the Bible now says, you, you have quickened. Who were? You were there before. But by virtue of the presence of Christ, He has quickened you out of this. But how many of us are aware we are out of it? We are out of it legally in Christ. But practically, we are still there. That's why you see your inner self is crying for salvation. Your body is a victim of this. Today you pray, 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 pray. Ah, you are happy. Before you know something pulls you back again. The Christian work is that you must engage the energy God has given to you to be able to break away from all this nonsense because legally He has set you free. Legally you are free. He has paid a price and has quickened you out of this reality. And He's now asking you in Galatia, He says, Now that Christ has set you free, stand firm in the liberty that the Lord has given to you. You are the one to sustain your salvation. Stand for a minute. We must understand this and walk in it. Because if we don't you know, put this in perspective, then the things that happen will continue to happen. The Bible says, you know, uh, exercise of salvation with what? With trembling and fear. And one of the ways you can help yourself sustain your being quickened out of this is to grow in prayer life. Grow in prayer life. Grow in prayer life. The more you pray, the more you activate that power God has put in you that brought you out of this realm. Prayer life. Secondly, Jesus gave us his flesh. At the Eucharist, we receive the flesh. The essence of the flesh is that each time we celebrate the Mass, we reenact the entire Calvary activity as if Christ is dying again today. And so each time we reenact this, the power that was available 2,000 years ago that liberated the church then, or liberated the Jews and made them Christians, that same power is made available to us again so that you can enjoy the dividend of his death and resurrection. So now that you have known this, you search your life. Where are you addicted to this way? There are things you do, you teach you don't But you don't know, you're not an influence. And the elder you begin to break away from them, the better for you. Because the end of it all, all is what? You want to bring them into what? The children of this. So the Bible says he's at work now. He's at work now. The guy is working still. We need something. In the children of what? Disobedience. And the end of it all, death will come. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. The quality of your life is not in this direction. The quality of your life is to free destiny which God has planted in your life. And your destiny can only show up as you grow in God. As you grow in God. For those of you who have been joining us in our Zoom class, we will be handing a topic class. Right? Can we remember them? One is what? Prayer. Yeah, that's your prayer life. To cut off from divine communion. Okay? Number two is what? He keeps your passion for God and passion for the kingdom. So, you are just living your life just for yourself. You're not relevant to God. The third one is what? So soon. <laughs> your growth. Have you forgotten so soon? He will resist your growth because he knows that when you grow, that's when you will discover who you are in God and fulfill your destiny in God. If you don't grow, you will not know who you are. If you don't grow, you will know what you're calling. <clears throat> if you don't grow, you will know the, the part you have to play in the Christian life. It's not all about just go to church and come back. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father.